Every company has breakdowns in their revenue process. Sure thing deals slip into next quarter, competitors creep in and swipe deals away at the last minute, and deals getting single threaded that don't get to power. These are just a few examples of revenue leak, but there are a ton more, and they're preventing your team from reaching their sales targets. That's why I'm such a big fan of Clary's revenue platform. It's the only tool that actually helps leaders take control of their revenue and thrive through any market conditions, especially when things get tough. You can't afford to miss a single detail, but you also can't be leading by gut. Clary combines the science and the art of sales and sales leadership. So go to Clary.com if you want to answer the most important question in your business. Are you going to meet, beat, or miss on revenue? Welcome to the Live Better, Sell Better podcast with your host, Kevin Dorsey of Inside Sales Excellence, the number one Patreon group and YouTube channel for tech sellers and tech sales leaders, where we dive in deep for tactical advice on how to book more meetings, close more deals faster, and lead sales teams to success. But we don't stop there. We also focus on the person in salesperson. We talk about mindset, goals, time management, and so much more. So thank you for listening. And if you're interested, head on over to patreon.com slash inside sales excellence. Now with that, grab a notepad, get ready, and let's dive into the good stuff. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Live Better, Sell Better podcast. This is your host, Kevin Dorsey, a.k.a. KD. And today we are going to get tactical on something that people talk a lot about, but no one talks about how to actually do it, right? Words like champion selling, enable your champion. Well, it's not a champion, it's a coach. Well, it's not a coach, it's a mobilizer. But you got a mobilizer, but you got a multi-thread. How do you multi-thread through your champion? How do you turn a champion into an advocate? You get all of these language and all these ideas, yet no one really talks about, well, how do you actually do it? And what is the difference? There are many deals out there that people think they have a champion, but they do not. Or they think they have a coach and they do not. And that is why I'm so excited to have Darren Alpert on the show today. He has been in the GTM world for a while now, founded a couple companies, sold a couple companies, been backed by Mark Cuban, and he knows how to do this and to do this right. So we're going to dive into multi-threading, coaching, champions, all that. Darren, my friend, welcome to the show. Thanks, Katie. Good to see you, man. Good to be with you. I'm pumped for for this one. This is this is a topic near and dear to to my heart right now. So same, and it's weird that someone says like this is what they want to dive into. So we're going to come right out the gate and start just kind of like the why, right? Like hopefully people understand this, but why do you need called a champion or a coach? And we're going to break down the differences here in a second. But like, why do you need to have like that that one kind of staple person in a deal? Yeah. And it may be multiple people too, right? Like you might have, you might need, depending on how big of an org you're selling into, you might need like five or six, but like at the end of the day, you really need one, one true person that's going to stick their neck out on the line and like be with right. you texting you when the deal's getting signed. Yes. Right. So why do you need it? So I used to work at Bizarre Voice and this is where I learned the true like champion selling and the science and the art of it. And shout out to a guy named Matt Curtin, who was my old boss there. 
and Kelly Connery, who's a pretty well-known name in the software world and the old CRO at Bizarre Voice, they, they just hammered this home. No champion, no deal is what they told me. If you don't have a champion, you literally will not have a deal. And I think there's people that think like, oh, I'm talking to this person and they're willing to get on a call with me. And like, they're telling me all this stuff about the org, but like, are they actually going to like be there guiding you through a procurement? That's the test, right? So yeah, this has been hammered into me and it's, and it's helped my career tremendously. And I love that because hopefully y'all are picking up on the language he's using right now. Stick the neck out on the line guide through procurement, text ahead of time, right? Like there's different levels of this. So let's kind of keep going down this path now, right? Is like, first of all, let's define the differences, right? You hear things like coach, you hear things like champion, you hear things like mobilizer. How do you define kind of the different buckets so people know basically who they're talking to? Like, is this coach, a champion, a mobilizer? Like kind of what are your definitions of people that tend to get involved and we're going to go into like how you actually create them. Yeah. So the way I've learned, and and I don't know that you can necessarily create them. I think they need to convince you that they want to do something. Like to me, buyers need, buyers are all guilty of not buying anything until they, they prove to you that they're innocent and they will buy. Mm -hmm. And that might sound counterintuitive. So I, I define, and it's not my definition. This is what I've learned. The definition of a champion that I've run with and been taught is four things that a champion has to have all four of these things in order to actually be a champion. One, something in it for them personally. So maybe they're new in their role. Maybe they're a new, you know, I think about when you took your new role, like you probably had a lot of things that you potentially wanted to change after your first couple months, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You probably looked at new tools, whatever it was that you had used previously. So that's one. What's in it for them personally? Two, are they selling when you're not there? Are they literally texting the CFO or the CEO if it's not that person that you're selling to, to help get a deal done? Three, do they have access to the economic buyer? So literally, maybe they are. Maybe if you're selling to like a CMO, for example, that that CMO can put pen to paper. But most of the time, it's probably going to the CFO, especially Mm -hmm. as we're going to 2024 with, with budgeting things. And then the other one is power and influence in the organization. So like you coming into your, your, your recent role, right? Like you may not have, I mean, you did because of your title, but like how much influence did you have a month in, right? Mm-hmm. Probably a decent amount because of where you came in at, but you're still building trust in the org. Like you're, you're sniffing them out. They're sniffing you out. They obviously hired you, but could you actually get it? Like, I'd be curious if you bought mm-hmm. anything within your first 30 days that you had to get approval for. No. So like for, for me coming in, right. And this is just some, some transparency, like control matters to me more than title, more than compensation. And so I actually negotiate more heavily on those things where like, I'd actually rather take a lower comp, but have an established budget and control over my spend than make more and have to fight those, those battles. So, so no. So like for me, it was like, this is important to me that I can control this, but I'm also very frugal. I don't do a lot of tech. Like I'm looking how to replace things, but like I was able to come in and say like, all right, this is what I'm going to bring in. Here's how I'm going to afford it. Here's how I'm going to justify it. But it wasn't really asking for permission to, to do so. Got it. So if anybody's trying to sell the KD, you just got some insight on how, on his psyche and how he buys, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it's been hilarious. I'll share, I've shared this publicly, how hard it has been for me to buy things. Right. And like, I think everybody, though, I think there's just more budget scrutiny now than... than oh, no, 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 no. Hear me. I have my budget. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. True. I have my budget. I know how to justify it. I know yep. if I want to spend 100K here, how much I need to see on that, what I need to move around to afford it. And it has been hard to buy as a buyer. 
like working with sales reps, working with companies, trying to get the information that I need. That's been a challenge, right? Well, like I am the champion coach, mobilizer, decision maker, access to, I am those things. And it's been yeah. hard. Why? What's hard? What's hard? Sales reps forcing a sales process that does not match my buying process. Bar, major bar. That shit needs to go away. Yeah. So like, that's that's yeah. that's been like the the problem where it's like, look, just give me what I need here, so I can go do what I need to do. I don't care about your little ROI calculator. It doesn't yeah. matter at all to me. So anyway, back yeah. back to this here. Back yeah. to this. But that's important. Ike is a buyer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Anyway, so back to this. Yeah. yeah. So you got personal gain, which I yeah. love. Yep. Yep. Selling when you're not there. Yep. Access to the economic buyer, power yep. and influence. Um, I saw someone post this earlier this year and I hadn't seen it phrased this way before. Is also what is their buying reputation? Right. Right. So have yep. they bought something internally and it went well? Yes. Or have they ever bought something internally and it hasn't? Because if they have a poor buying reputation, that's going to carry weight as it works the way, oh, here comes KD again, asking for another tool that isn't going to work. Yeah. And they get pushed aside. Or here's five layers of sign off that you need KD because you're, you're frivolous mm-hmm. with your spending. Yep. Yep. And, and think about this, right? Like you've got tools like user gems and other, other things out there that will track somebody that's gone from one job to another. Right. And mm-hmm. then it's like, there's tools you've probably used at your old role where you're like, like where the reps like, oh man, KD's in this new role at, role at bench. Like this is a for sure kind of bring this in, but it's like, what if you bought something already at bench and it didn't go well and internally your influence is not as good as it could be as a buyer. And now you've got all this scrutiny under you and the reps like, oh, this is a lot. Katie said he's going to buy it again because he already used it and loved it. Yeah. And it's funny because I am actually, I'm the other way as a buyer. When I go to a new place, I actually use it as a reason to look at new things. Right. That's when I do my read. Like every year, I you know we're going not on a tangent, but every year I review my entire tech stack. Every year, yep. Every year I review my entire tech stack, and I'm asking the question: Is this what's best for my team? Yep, yep. Because it's a chance to do it. You're right. working on the business versus being stuck in it. Right. If if it's going well, it's, I believe it's what's best. Great. But I look, I look at it. I will look at your competitors. Right. There's so much changes in a year. Yep. I review it every single year. And if I join a new place. Let's believe I'm coming in with a blank slate. Yeah, but I think there's a lot of people that would think otherwise. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, like that. I'm talking to the leaders now, right now, too. Leaders, like the tool that you used for four years, may not be the best tool anymore. I'm just letting you know there's some things out there that are are new and and different. So, so now if we look at this, man, you said something that I think is very interesting that I want to unpack, right? I said, you know, and like, you know, how do you create a champion? Yeah, I was like, I don't know that you can. Mm-hmm. The response there. So talk to me about that. Otherwise, people are going to tune out right now and say, well, if I, I can't create a champion, what am, what am I listening to? So how yes. do you, I guess, empower this? How do you find out personal goals? How do you help them sell when you're not around? Like, let's talk about some of the how now. Yep. So they, the first step is, at, to me as a salesperson, your sole job is to figure out if a buyer has pain that they even want to solve, like that's the first step because you might have bumps and bruises and you might have like a paper cut on your finger, but that's not really probably enough to go to a doctor, right? Mm-hmm. If you've got a broken ankle or you've got like a, you know, a gunshot wound, for example, that's the extreme, obviously. 
you're going to a doctor right away, right? So the first step is figuring out if somebody's got a paper cut or if they've got a broken ankle. And once you figure that out, and, and even with a broken ankle, be like, yeah, I can live with it. I'll put a brace on it. Like, I don't have insurance. Like, I'm going to deal with it. Like, that happens, right? So the rule there is prescription without diagnosis is malpractice. And I don't know if you've heard that before, Katie, but it's something that goes all the time. I say it all the time. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how you, that's how you build a champion is they're building themselves to you, the seller, by telling you that they've got pain that is worth solving and that they're going to do something about it because they have personal gain. And that then helps you figure out the other three components of a champion. Uh-huh. So let's go to that next one, though, because I think this is a place that a lot of people miss is how do you help that champion sell internally? Yeah. Because yep. too often, if, if we're honest, more often not sellers, all they're really trying to do is get the champion to get them to the power line, right? Yep. Of like, hey, yep. Darren, can you get me to Tony? Yep. That type of stuff versus empowering that champion to sell. So what are what are the tools? What's the what are the tactics that you use to help that champion sell better internally when you're not around? Yeah. So I think about that of like like right now we're on a Zoom call. Katie, you and I are kind of like facing each other on the Zoom call. Obviously, we're like next to each other on the screen, but like if you were in person, you'd be sitting across from each other most likely, right? Mm-hmm. Where I've had success is like psychologically or physically, if I'm in a meeting, instead of facing each other, you swing the chair around and you sit next to each other. It's, are they willing to pull up dashboards that they're using? Are they sharing what the internal project is called? Like it's Project Hummingbird that we're working on. Okay, what does that entail? Oh, well, Project Hummingbird needs we need to do all these different things in order to have the success at our org, right? If they're sharing this like vernacular that they use in the organization and they're like, how can you help us solve this? This is a big thing that we're trying to work through. You're on the right steps. So to me, it's like, You've got to work with them, not try to fight against them. And if like they tell you like, yeah, this isn't that important, you got to bail. You got to move on to a deal that you potentially can swing the chair around. So I think that's the biggest thing. I've always viewed selling as you're essentially a free consultant that may or may not have a solution. That's it. Mm-hmm. Well, I, we don't have enough time to dive into that on this <laughs> call here because funny enough, Keenan said this is one of the biggest takeaways. Like, I love gap selling. I agree with like 80% of it. There's 20% that I think is a little bit different yeah. and nuanced. But he had a line in there. It was like, every salesperson should be able to start a consultancy. Yes. For the buyers that they sell to. Yep. Like, that's exactly. the level of knowledge you need to have where you should be able to consult VPs of finance. You should be able to consult VPs of HR. Like, whoever it is you're selling to, most sellers are nowhere near that level of being a true consultant and then seeing if the product is a good fit. They're just consultative sellers, aka just trying to get people to buy their product. That's not being a consultant. That's not how that works. No, but they easily could, right? Like we live in this world, and I've worked at G2, I worked at TrustRadius. We live in this world, uh, like I think sellers should be Yodas. Like they're the Yoda sharing to the buyer what other customers are doing. Hey your XYZ company. Here is ABC company that has similar revenue, similar headcount, similar growth problems that you've got. Here's how they solve this problem that you said you want to solve. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, I don't understand why that's so hard for people. Like, leverage the story. Like, the stories are out there. Like, you're not selling anything. You're literally just sharing the stories that you're already helping other customers that look like them are solving. That's it. Yeah. I I don't know why that's so hard. Because it, you know, why it's so hard? 
Darren, is because it takes a little bit of time. Right. And people have zero interest in taking time to do things right. They have interest in moving fast and taking the results, right? The whole move fast and break things mentality, funny enough, as I said this out loud, is what is breaking SaaS. Right, right. Everyone is moving so fast that now sales in general is being broken because we're so addicted to speed that we don't do things, including champion selling. Like we're pushing Mm -hmm. and pushing, trying to get things done so fast that we don't actually enable our champion. So let's keep going down this path, right? Yep. So yep. there's there's the check-ins, there's guiding them. How else do you kind of guide a champion or work with the champion to drive a deal through? You know, you mentioned guiding you through the procurement process, like getting you access to power. Let's keep going down. How do you yep. keep working with this this champion? So it's the way it's set up too. And I posted about this yesterday on LinkedIn. To me, like one of the first steps is you have to get off of email. You have to mm-hmm. get off of email. You got to be texting. If you're not texting with your champion, I would almost argue that's the fifth thing. Because if you're stuck in email world, like how messy are our inboxes? It's gross. Like everybody responds to a text message. And if and if they're not, like if you're if you're getting on that read receipt after like three days and they haven't responded, probably don't have a champion. Yeah. You know, because if, if their hair was on fire that much with the broken ankle, they'd want to fix it. Yeah. You know, and actually, I want to I want to jump on that real quick, and then we'll keep going down because I just think that's a good thing to unpack. Is like, what are the warning signs that you don't? Because often, you know, as sellers, we listen with happy ears and all of that. But like, what a lot of sellers do is they'll ask. So, like, do you have access to you know to Darren? Oh yeah, no, we meet every single every single week. It's like okay, great. And like, you know, have you bought things there before? Oh yeah, I've bought a lot of things. And like, they just get these yes, like yes, I've right. got one. Right. What are some of the warning signs that maybe you don't actually have a true champion? So you mentioned like delay in response. I yeah. think that's a good warning sign. What else? Uh, I would say if a seller is doing more communicating than the buyer, you probably don't have a champion either. And I think Dong put some data out about this too. It's the flow of, of information. Are you as a seller providing more information than the buyer is? Because if that's the case, like you're selling and you're not consulting, that's what it comes back to. You're trying to yeah. push something that may not even be there. Mm-hmm. That's a big one. What else? So we've got delays. We've got you're doing a lot of information, nothing much coming back. What else should I look out for in yeah. terms of like my champion, either not really being a champion or that I'm losing steam? Yeah. So let's even say you sell into a five person accounting firm at Bench, for example, right? Like I used to sell gluten free advertising, fight me gluten free. There was never a deal I got done solo. There was always someone else involved. So if you're single threaded, and even with a solo business owner, like they would still talk to someone else. Or like, oh, here's our marketing consultant. Here's our social media person, whatever. If you're single threaded, I don't think you have a champion. Because even in the smallest of small businesses, like no purchase gets done single handedly. Right. Oh, let me talk. To, let me get you introduced to so-and-so and they can chat with you about this. Like, she's not there. Like it. it you're pigeonholing yourself. So I think that's a really big one. I like that. Okay. And so how do you multi-thread in a way that empowers your champion? Because I, a lot of sellers, like they walk this thin line where it's like, well, I don't want to like go around Darren. I don't want to go above Darren. But at the same time, if I ask Darren to introduce me to, you know, Tony, then like he's going to feel like he's not involved. Like how do you work with that champion to get multi-threaded? 
Yeah. Well, if they're not making, that's another one. I mean, if they're not making intros and like getting you connected and setting up calls with other people, like, Hey, Hey, Kevin, we're, we're having this call uh, about project hummingbird. Like we need you to jump in here to help us with that. Like, and they are just adding you to a meeting and you're like, Oh, I guess I'll cancel this demo or this other like intro call I had. That's a big one. So mm-hmm. I don't even think it's about you going around them or you multi-threading. They should be doing it organically. Mm-hmm. Cause if there was enough pain in an organization, they would be looping in as many, like whatever people need to get involved organically. That's if I, if I look backwards at deals I've closed, a lot of those happen where they're, mm-hmm. they're making intros for you and they're getting you included. Yeah. Yeah. The, the only thing I'll add there and I want your take on it is oftentimes, right? Champion and even, you know, people senior up, they haven't ever bought your product before. Right. So they don't always know who else to involve. So like, yeah. I love this. It's like, normally at this stage, we pull in legal yeah. because it doesn't even make sense to start talking to Darren if we don't already have sign off on legal. Like, and or so it's like two or whatever. Right. It's yeah. like, you know, because if they don't know a good buying process, yeah. they won't make the right introductions. You know, yeah. like I had, I had this happen to me two months ago where one of the managers, you know, on my team, I got an outreach on LinkedIn. Someone said, hey, like, you know, Blah, 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 blah. I've been talking with XYZ. Like, you know, let me know if there's anything we can do to move this deal forward. Yep. I was like, what deal? <laughs> I didn't like, even know this existed. I, I, haven't even, I haven't even seen anything, let right. alone like that there's a deal in yeah. place right now. Right. They're, and they're like, oh, like, you know, we, 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 you know, we thought like, you know, we might be able to get this done by this quarter. I was like, I, I literally know nothing about this. It's called hope casting. Okay. And it's like, and if we were going to get this signed, I haven't seen a contract. I haven't run this by legal. Yeah. I don't even know what it costs yet. Like what? Yeah. How, how does that happen? Yeah. 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 And I think you hit on a really good point there because as a seller, like if you get somebody that tells you, this is the Yoda guiding, right? If you get someone that tells you like, look, we want to get this done. And like, like the best thing you could hear from, I think a buyer is like, help me get this done internally. What do I need to do? Because they may not even know, right? Like a lot of times they don't know. So if it's like their first time, especially it's like, okay, here's a mutual action plan. When we work with other clients, this is what, what, this is what gets done. And it doesn't need to be like this. Like I've seen these mutual action plans and they're like, by week two, we need to have this done. And week three, it's like, that's not the buyer process. Like that's your selling process to try to reverse engineer a quarter and close, like stop. You know, that doesn't help the buyer. So it's like, look, these are the, it's like a video game. These are the checkpoints we have to hit. We might hit them on my selling timeline, but it comes down to how the buyer's going to buy. So mm-hmm. you can lay out the roadmap, but it's like, they're going to cross the checkpoints and get to these different checkpoints on their schedule based on how much pain they really have. And and that's what's so hard is, you know, back to this idea around time is even if something hurts a lot, it doesn't necessarily mean they can move faster. Right. It's just, and it's a pain. And unfortunately, the longer it goes on, the more someone gets used to pain. Right. The, right. the harder it is to even get them to change. Like, like, pain is not enough. I think people just forget that. Like, yeah. pain is not enough to yeah. sell somebody. Like, you have to drive it through. Look at pro athletes. How many of them play through like broken ankles and you don't hear about? Philip Rivers, the old Chargers quarterback, played one year with a torn ACL. He played a playoff game with a torn ACL. You don't think they were pushing that guy to get surgery? They're like, you need surgery. He's like, no, we're trying to win the Super Bowl. Right. It's the same thing. Yeah. 
Like yeah. the the analogy I give my team and like companies I talk to all the time, I drop some philosophy on them, right? I say, if a lion has always had a thorn in its paw, does it hurt? Maybe. I mean, it probably hurts. It hasn't taken it out. It's all he's ever known. Right. So, right. Pain is actually a stimulus. It's something new. If it's always been there, and this is the, this is the fact for most buyers is the pain that sellers are trying to solve. It's kind of always been there. So they've adapted. They walk with a limp. That's just all that they know. They right. don't even know that they can go faster because yep. it's never yep. been their reality. People yep. are just trying to poke on that pain. They're like, yeah, this is how we do it. Spreadsheets. Right. So you need that's that's where you got to sell the future of like, well, if you didn't have that limp, this is what you could be doing. Right? You're telling me you want to go run a marathon, but you can't because you have a limp. Why don't you fix the limp? Right. That that's the stuff where like, you know, working with your champion, like I, I love the idea of like mapping out that buying process. But mm-hmm. one of the things I love to, to do, I don't get to do it anymore because our deal size is much smaller, it's much faster. But like when we were yeah. selling the larger deals is each part of the process had assets to a support it. Right. So like right. basically what, what we built out was like, what are the stage FAQs? So like, you know what legal is going to ask. Yeah. Like, you know, preemptive preemptively, Darren, when you go talk to Sam, he's going to ask you probably seven or eight questions here, yep. here. And yep. you know what? I'm going to record a short 90 second video walking through this document. So they have their questions answered. Like yep. give them the assets that they need to do this. And like sellers, I'll give you this one too, y'all. Introduce title level references earlier in the sales process. Yep. So if, if you're in legal, offer to connect them to someone else in legal yep. at a company that bought with you. Yeah. Right. Like people don't do references through the stage. They always do it at the end. You got to get to the end, which means you need to be introducing. That's right. References throughout that process more. I, and on that point, that one's interesting because David Premier talks about that. He's got that book, you know, buy, uh, sell the way you buy. And, mm-hmm. and his take is like, and I, I don't know, I don't know how I feel about this. Like I'm kind of torn. Like he mm-hmm. talks about, do buyers actually want a reference call or do they want to hear from someone like them? Like most of the time they want to hear from someone like them. That doesn't mean they need to be on a reference call. That literally could be a customer story. And that's why you have to have these customer stories that you have. Boom. Here's five lawyers that are legal teams that have bought with us. And here's how they talked about the experience. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, and funny enough, that's more so what I mean about a reference is like yeah. someone like them. Okay. Where it's not, cause like reference calls are honestly, they're a lot like references in interviews. I don't make reference calls on people in an interview process. Yep. I literally do not make reference calls. Yep. The ones you give me. Right. I make reference calls for the people you did not give me. Right. And the like, reps to do that too on you. Yeah, exactly. Like you're just going to give me the best people. It's like, no, like, they're like, and if you have any questions on how they navigated like the contract, here, here's KD. He'll chat with you for five, six minutes, walk you through the contract terms, what they did with it and go from there. Like this is a yep. different topic, but like buyers, we don't want to talk. People are saying this. Buyers don't want to talk to salespeople for the most part. They want to talk to Yodas. Right. We, they want to talk to people that truly can consult them and understand and give them advice based off the reality they're in. And the vast majority of sellers, it's probably close to 90% of sellers, don't use the product they sell. Yep. And because yep. they don't use the product they sell, they can't have that level of conversation, even with the champion sometimes. Yep. Right. Yep. Of like, here's what it's going to take to drive this deal 
through. Yeah. Yeah. Like you, you've never been an accountant, right? No. Yeah. But you figured out how to sell it. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, it's funny with this one, we don't actually sell to accountants. We sell to small business owners. Oh, uh, okay. But they're like, I have been one of those. Yeah. So like, yeah, I yeah. know that pain. This part of the things that are, I've been it. I've yep. lived it. I know exactly what that feels like. I've gone through all that. I was like, yep. That's this, relatable. This is, is very relatable. Funny enough, I'd probably be using bench as my bookkeeper if I didn't yep. work at bench. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's right. organic. Like, that's great. You know? Yeah. Okay. So let's kind of keep going down this path here. And then as we start to wrap up, right? So we've talked about how to know if you have a champion. We've talked about, you know, enabling that champion through the buying process. We've yep. talked about identifying the personal gain, selling when you're not selling, access yep. the economic buyer, you yep. know, power to influence. Let's touch on that one more. Power yep. to influence. Power power and influence. Yeah. Power and yeah. influence. How do yeah. you gauge it? And how do you support it? Yeah, they could be different, right? Because you could have power as a CMO, but you could have influence as a top salesperson, as a top IC. Mm -hmm. And I've done this, like where I was a, a rep at a company and I was like, hey, I would love for us to have this tool. And I had influence because I was closing deals that helped get our CRO to be like, yeah, we should look at this. Like if so-and-so wants this, it doesn't matter if it's me or whoever. So like the influence thing can be a non-C-level person. It could be a non-VP. It could be an individual contributor. But the power tends to come up, up VP and above for the most part, in, in my experience. It's like a general statement. But mm -hmm. like, shockingly, you can have an, an individual contributor have influence. And that's, that's part of like a top, top down and bottom up selling approach. You know, like, like if you're trying to sell into an org and you see that there's like a president's club winner or like four or five of them that are like, they've, they've won multiple years in a row. Guarantee you they have influence in that organization. They've been there mm -hmm. for a while. They've gotten deals done. And if you're selling like a go-to-market tool, like if you were selling like Apollo or like ZoomInfo, I'd be going to one of the top reps and be like, hey, what deals are you missing? Like, wh what do you, what's missing in your day-to-day -day sales world? This is the shit that nobody is willing to do. Whereas like, how can I go find a power user or yep. like a power influencer and yep. like help them? Hey, yep. Prez Club rep, give me five accounts. Let me go get you some contacts. Who do you want? Yeah, I'll give them to you. You don't think that would help close the deal for the company if you went to that individual and said, hey, I got you. Let's let's see how this works for you. Yeah. Oh, and then they're vouching for, right? Like, yo, we need this. There was a tool that this happened at um, when I was at Patient Pop where like the reps came to me and said, we need this. Actually, I, I'll, I'll never forget this. So like in patient pop, you know, we had like at one point, like 150 people had like four floors, right? Like just, oh, wow. just, yeah. just have a squad, right? Yep. We had this gray couch that sat by the, one of the entryways and I called it the therapy couch yep. because like, you know, reps would be sitting there like working from time to time, just sit down next to them. Be like, yo, like what sucks right now? That was always yep. my opening question. Like, what sucks? Yep. Broken, right? Yep. And, but then sometimes reps would sit there and wait for me. Right. So they'd be sitting there, like just waiting to make eye contact. I'm like, oh, <laughs> one day I was walking out to go to a meeting and there were like six of them just on the couch. Just here we go. And I was like, yes. <laughs> wagons. What, 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 what's up? They're like, sit down. We want to show you this. We need this tool. It'll help us so much. We've had a few samples of it. We love it. What can we do? That sales process was two weeks. Yep. Exactly. That was like a $70,000 contract. It was two weeks. And how good were those six reps? Were they top reps? Every single one of them. 
Exactly. Every single one of them was a top performing rep. And like they sat down, they showed it to me. They showed me why they liked it, what they've been able to do with it and what it would cause. Yep. Right now, again, I hope y'all are hearing me. These were reps. These were not managers. These were not directors. None, not my fellow VP. These were reps. And they mm-hmm. got an almost six-figure deal done yep. in two weeks because they could show me what it was going to do for them. Those are the best champions in the world. And that's also why they're top reps, too. Mm-hmm. They know, no, they know. Sell. they're selling internally when when that other rep that they were that they were selling the tool wasn't there. Yeah. And it's, you know, I, I have a lot of fond memories that that one is is one for me because it also like it showed the relationship I had with the reps. Yes. And they knew they knew they could flag me down. They knew I'd sit down on that couch and hear them out. And sure enough, you know, it turned into something that they got. And then, yeah, results did go up yep. because of it. And then I had my internal champions already there. Yep. To spread that tool you know so it's good stuff man so let's let's reverse engineer that deal for for the selling rep of the tool Mm -hmm. whatever it was one there was something in it personally for those six reps they could they could run faster right Mm -hmm. or perform better two they had access to the economic buyer who sounds like it was you three they were selling when when the other ae trying to sell the tool wasn't there they literally corralled you on the therapy couch Mm -hmm. four they had power and influence because they were top reps that's a like that other AE selling the tool must have been salivating. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And what's hilarious though, I had never spoken to the AE. Right. Not once. Right. Not one time until the very end. Right. Funny yeah. enough, I actually sent one of my senior um, AEs, right? I was like, yo, like, go give me the price. Yep. I literally did not talk to the AE at this company until I think the second to last closing call and then the closing call. Yeah. Like it was all internal that that happened there and he was smart about it so they have a, a trial or an ic version one person did it he had reached out to the rep that had like signed up for for free said hey who else on your team would be interested in this i'll give you three more They're yeah. like, oh, okay so they went to the other three got it right Love so there's three more there and then it started to go for them. now we're like wait what are you using oh yeah i'm like using this tool so it starts to spread a yeah. little bit right and that was that was it so PLG is a great way to, to build champions too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like just give them access. It's it's still shocking to me that it doesn't happen more. Like, oh, it's complicated. Oh, it's hard to implement. Like, no, it's not. You're just making it that way. It really isn't. Especially like it might be complicated to do the whole product. There's a piece of your product that should be able to give me value relatively quickly. If not, then you don't have a good product. Yes. So give me something that yeah. I can work with. So Oh, but KD, we sell ERPs, we sell Salesforce. Like there's a piece of Salesforce you could use tomorrow. And I don't even, I would argue that Salesforce isn't even that great of a tool if we're going to go down that conversation. Yeah. But yeah. anyways, yeah. yeah. HubSpot has built PLG for ICs. So, all right, yeah. man. So as we as we wrap this up, right, we've been talking about champion selling, coaching, everything there. I'm going to yeah. do a pivot as we wrap on this, right? Because the name of this podcast is Live Better, Sell Better. Because yeah. I also have this weird idea, right? That if we lived better if we had more energy more joy yep. more excitement more fulfillment in life that the sales would also improve yes. what would your live better advice be yeah so i'm a big health food nut um i avoid gluten i avoid dairy i haven't i've had five drinks in the last year i used to love tequila and i've had like five of them in all of 2023 and i think another big one is avoiding seed oils um i don't yeah. know if you know much about that world but yes, a lot. It's hard. It's hard yeah. to avoid. Yeah. Like it's really tough, really tough. So I think your diet and it, your diet isn't even just food. It's like consuming the news. It's what you consume mentally, 
eating, like verbally, like hearing what you're seeing, like you need to create this environment that's all positive because sleep, right? Because if you don't, the, the sales world is stressful enough as it is. Like you need to cut out all the distractions. That's yeah. my take. I love, I love, and I love how you called out diet is not just the food. Yes. It's whatever you're taking in, right? News, social media, yep. friends. Like I think that's such a great way. People to, you to hang out with. Yeah. The diet of all these things. So my man, this was phenomenal. Where can people find you? Where are you putting out content? Where can they connect with you? How do they get more Darren insights in their life? Yeah, well, I don't know that they want that, but I've got, I'm all over LinkedIn, like UKD. So that's, that's the main place. And I've got like a tiny Twitter following, but I don't even talk on there, but it's, it's all LinkedIn. You can find me on LinkedIn. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Well, my man, thank you very much for the time, the energy, the insights yeah. and everything else here. I'm sure we'll be having plenty of combos moving forward, but thanks yeah. so much. Dude. Thanks, Katie. Appreciate it, man.